Hey good people, this is your N.I. Dom back with another reflection and this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So hey, um, I am here to talk about the system, I think. At least that is my starting point. The system. Um, and some of the things I think I want to talk about would be working in the system or working outside of it. Um, but because the system in my mind can't be explored without looking at systems theory and systems theory opens us up to a lot of other uh, social considerations. Um, I, I would like to invite you to stick around to see what is going to pop out of my brain <laughs> as I move about in this reflection. Um, just as a quick housekeeping note before I do my disclaimers, I am in the South again. My niece graduates tomorrow. I think I told you guys that. Uh, from an HBCU, magna cum laude. I blundered that in the last episode. I kept calling, kept saying magnum. Oh my gosh. I kept saying magnum. Oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> it's magna, magna cum laude. And, um, and that's an interesting thing for me to celebrate at the same time. I'm going to do a reflection poking the system and to say magna cum laude is really it's language of the system so but I am proud <laughs> even though I'm about to go in here and talk about uh, the system I, I am proud of her so I'm in the south I'm currently sitting in her car because she lives uh, in a house full of college kids they're about Maybe six of them in that house right now. And uh, they partied all last night. They got in at about five. I get up early in the morning. And so I don't want to be in the house talking. And so I decided to sit in her car. So I've done reflections in the car before. <laughs> um, but just wanted to give you the heads up if you hear like a, a horn. Um and the, the other thing I want to say is that the last time uh, you talked to me, or, <laughs> oh my word, the last time I talked to you, I, I act like you guys are real. You're real to me, just so you know. You guys are my friends. <laughs> so the last time we talked, right? <laughs> um, no, the last reflection that I did with you, um, I was telling you that my dad's sister had passed away. And I think I... I think I did the reflection that night. I think I did it the night that she passed. Or the, excuse me, the night that we found out. And um, I had sat with her body for a few hours. And and so it has been hard. Um, this, this week has been hard because of that. And the connection that that has with um my dad dying you know his sister and not having the time to fully grieve him 
that's been waiting to have the summer to fully grieve him. And now, you know, now we have to grieve her too. And I don't know if I said this in the reflection, but I've been saying this sibling rivalry that you guys are having here, this is not cool, you know. And, um, you know, I do feel bad for my cousin because he didn't grow up with his dad. So my father was like his father. So for him, he in essence lost both of his parents within a, within a um, year, within seven months. And that's, he's not doing well. He's not doing well at all. And so I found out yesterday that she's still sitting in the morgue. Excuse me, I know that sounds morbid, but it's true. And that's stressful to me. But I don't, I'm, I don't have rights. And then I had to come here to do the graduation. So even if I was going to fight it, you know, it's all complicated. And then there was a job I applied for that I found out yesterday I didn't get. <laughs> and I, I interviewed three times for it. And Thursday night, my staff, Thursday night, my staff publicly dragged me. They dragged me publicly. So it's been an intense week. <laughs> and so I haven't been able to um, have any distance from these events. They've been multiple SE events. When I say SE, extroverted sensing. And so I haven't had distance from them to kind of do some meaning making um but i'm going to try to do something today we're going to talk about systems and uh see what what i can get from that okay if you're new to this project this is a personal journal where i process my inner and my outer worlds i do so by using personality theories the two that i use the most are the myers-briggs and the enneagram Pushing those two systems together. I identify as an INTJ8. I also identify as being an African American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. I'm a trained and practicing educator and social scientist of 30 years. Half of that time has been in leadership. I politically identify as a critical race feminist, which means that I have an intellectual sensitivity to power as relating to social constructs such as race, class, gender, sexuality, and so forth. And that usually shows up at the interpersonal level. Not necessarily at the voting booth, but at the interpersonal level. Um, this project <laughs> is unedited and it is unscripted. Hence, I'm sitting in my car and it is raining right now. It just started raining. I don't know if you guys um, can hear that. If you want to know more about me or this project, feel free to go to my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. So um, let me just give you a little story as to why systems, systems are, this concept of a system is on the brain. I would imagine that as I tell this story, uh, I'm going to fall into some rabbit holes. But it, it's in the story that I think makes this reflection relevant. So um, I applied for a job in the system where I currently work, and I didn't get it. I knew all the all signs pointed towards me not getting the job. However, politically, I felt that I had to go through the process of not getting it to make 
transparent or to reveal the system. Because had I not applied for it, they would have easily said, oh, we were wondering why she didn't apply for it. We wanted to give it to her. You know, we would have loved for her to have applied for that position. So politically, because I am a critical race feminist, this is what I do. It's bigger than um, being a trained educator and a social scientist. And maybe I should fall into, maybe that's where this discussion should really be at, being a critical race feminist. And what are the implications of that on a day-to-day basis, minute-to-minute basis? And I wonder if we all would identify ourselves politically at the interpersonal level. Who are you at the interpersonal level? It would make, it would really, really help us in our, in our interpersonal relations. I mean, yes, we can say I'm an INTJ. I can say I'm an aide and all of that, what it means. And that's fine. But I still think my political orientation, again, lowercase p, not uppercase p. I've explained that in other episodes. Uppercase p is what you do at the voting box, at the ballot booth. But lowercase p is what you do every day when you're interacting with people and systems. Every day when you're interacting with people and systems. So I am... um, As a critical race feminist, I make decisions that are about my views. I don't even remember, know why I got into this. So I apply for, so me me being a critical race feminist, Dick demanded, (laughs) mandated rather, that I apply for this position because I know that if I didn't ap- apply, then the conversation would have been, oh, my goodness. Well, you didn't apply for that. We would have loved for you to apply. We would have loved for you to be in this position. So to not allow them to say that, I applied for it. Now, what was interesting is that I went three levels in. I did three interviews. And I thought, that's why that when I got closer to the end, I thought that there was a real chance for me to be really considered. Because if you were going to, if they were going to weed me out, they could have done it early on in the process. They allowed me to make it to be the final three. And I guess, you know, I'm always thinking like, well, I guess if you would have cut me out earlier in the process, I would have been, I could have argued I was over, I was qualified than the other candidates. But so I asked her, I asked her, what was it? And she said it was the fit. And if you're a black woman listening to me right now, you've heard that before. It just wasn't the right fit. And that's such a powerful um, play, um, ambiguity or obscurity. Hold on one second. Sorry about that. My, um, my, one of my niece's roommates walked up to the car just to say, you her auntie <laughs> I was like and I'm looking a hot mess this morning and so but that's so sweet you know it's so sweet she did not have to come up to the car and say hi to me um I saw her standing on the porch I think she was waiting for me to come in 
And um, so then finally she couldn't wait anymore. And she walked up. That is like, I would have never done that. <laughs> I just wouldn't have done that. Auntie or no auntie mama, I just would not have gone out of my way to speak to my roommate's family. <laughs> I just wouldn't have done it. So, yeah. So anyway, let me get back to my um, storytelling. So I, I applied for the position and just because I wanted I wanted to control the conversation. I wanted to be able to say I applied for it and didn't get it. And um, so that happened. And that I got the news yesterday that I didn't get the job. And honestly, I left the day full of emotions. But when I thought about it, it's not about that job as it much it wasn't about the job as much as it was about the status and i've been thinking about that because in the enneagram system people know type 3s is to be about status and for me I don't want, I think if you go into the tri-type, not everybody looks at the Enneagram as a tri-type. And so in those people who do Enneagram in terms of tri-type, what you do is the Enneagram has nine personality types, nine numbers, and they're all clustered around three centers, a heart center, a head center, and a gut center. And so the tri-type takes one number from each of those centers and that's your tri-type now what I also think and I don't know this at all I'm guessing that within that tri-type your first it's a stack so I think and I have not had a test that would tell me this but this is just my studying and studying myself I say I'm an 853 there are indicators that look like I can be an 854. So I went through this phase where recently where I was spending a lot of time studying the three and the four, just trying to figure out what my third number. So three and four are both in the heart type, the heart cluster, the heart center. Threes are more about status and fours are about I want to say unique suffering. So there's a suffering part of four and there's this uniqueness. I'm different. Um, I'm, I'm so different. I'm going to suffer. And there's a pride in that. There is a, like just, there's ego. E- the ego is located there. Now, again, this is not my, I, I, you know, I don't study it a lot. So if you are a three or a four, you're an expert in the Enneagram system and, I have it wrong, you know, always help me out, let me know. But, um, so I, I, I can see myself in the three and the four. And as it relates to my, the third in my stack, if I was going to be any of the, if I had to take anything from one of those heart centers, because there are three numbers, two, three, and fours are heart types. Well, I don't see two. I mean, I don't, that's not at the center of me. So it's either three or four. And I think it's three. I think, um, I think there is a status part of me, even it's not, even though it's not a primary part. So I would be eight, five, and three. 
And so, you know, my degrees, being able to be called doctor, being able to say that I'm a published author, being able to say that I've done X, Y, and Z, right? That's status. But I, I hit, it, it hit me earlier this week that I don't think it's about status as related to material worth. It's status as relating to intellectual worth. Now, I don't know if that system delineates between material status versus intellectual status. I don't know. This is just my own speculation, my own theorizing that intellectually I want you to know I want you to know what I can do intellectually with my mind there's the INTJ part of me but there is a suffering part of me and I don't think I have ego in the suffering but because I've suffered you know for a long time or particularly Suffering has been a part of my journey in life, unfortunately. I don't think I have ego attached to it, because otherwise I would talk about it more, right? You don't hear me <laughs> talking about... I don't. I don't even like to suffer. I don't even like... So then, like, I have these emotional moments, and I don't even like to talk about that. But, um, you know, I have suffered. Um... And maybe that's the saying I'm from intergenerational trauma. Maybe that's about ego and suffering. And I don't think it is, but I always want to keep myself open for growth. Always. And so me identifying as a person from intergenerational trauma, for me, it means that I, um, that it's not just about me. It's not just about me suffering in that system, in my family. It's about us all suffering, consciously, unconsciously, being the perpetrator, being the victim. Now it's thundering. Now I'm going to have to cut it because I'm not going to sit in the car in a storm. Oh, man, I was just getting wrapped up, getting started. I have to bring closure. Oh, man. Anyway, let's see. Let me try to. Let me try to. Uh, do more before it really starts coming down. So, um, why did I get in that rabbit hole? 853. So anyway, there's a possible, but the eight is, so if you look up, if you Google eight, the tri-types, 854s, I think those are scholars. I think the way they talk about the 854 is scholar. And I don't know, I can't remember what they call the 853. You guys hear the rain? I'm going to have to go in. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep talking, y'all, because I want to finish this reflection. I don't know how it sounds. But I'm going to try. Um, so anyway, um, I don't really know how I got into that rabbit hole um, other than the fact that I'm just trying to explain why I applied for that position. You know, when I, how, excuse me, not why I applied for it, 
But what was most important to me, it wasn't the position itself. It was the status of the position. It was the administrative status of it. And... Um, and that's what I, I wanted. I wanted the administrative status. That's the truth. <laughs> and I don't even know if that status is about completely about the three. I think it's also about the eight and the five. I think all three of those numbers together really intellectually I'm not going to be lower lower in the system to then serve people higher than me and then I'm going to share my knowledge but they they ranked me low like so they um, put me in a position so my position rolls over into another position the position I had before being the principal rolled was a coach and it was supposed to roll over in into a role called the coordinator. Well, I found out two days ago that that's going to be a coach. I'm going to stay the status of the coach. Now, I found out when I didn't get the job, and I was like, so what was the point of me being doing the work that you had me doing for the past three months? What was the point of doing that? And um, if there was no advancement. And so she's like, well, you get a raise. So, on paper, I'm going to get a $12,000 increase. Okay. But I'm not material. You know, I'm not. Yay to the toilet paper. (laughs) So, if you listen to two episodes ago, what did I say? Confession and confusion. And I just talked about the self-preservation part of me is delighted when I can buy the big bundles of toilet paper. And so, I I know that I'm not going to run out. If you're listening to that, you probably think that's odd. And I had one of my followers contact me on YouTube and was like, that's not odd. I don't think it's ridiculous. And the way he explained it um, was perfect. Because, I mean, he just talked about, like, I don't want to misrepresent him, but the way I understood it, being, he's an intuitive feeler. And, like, spending all that time in that intuitive feeling space, you can easily forget about the sensory space, the what needs to happen in the physical world. And that's so true. So although I'm, so I'm an intuitive thinker, and it's still easy for me to be unplugged and disconnected from taking care of the physical reality. So I really liked, he said it better. So go to my YouTube channel and go and find one of the comments. He said it better. And I'm only saying this because this is public. Uh, this wasn't a private message. This is public. But at any rate... Um, so, yes, yay to toilet paper with a $12,000 increase. However, it doesn't, it's, it's not an increase in my status. And that's hard for me. But it shouldn't be. And so, one of the things I had tried, I made sense of, you know, I was trying to make sense of as I was going, making the decision. Was I going to apply for the position or not? Knowing good and well that they probably weren't going to give me the job. I, you know, there's a there's an issue that the the CEO has with me. And anyway, I don't want to unhash that. You have to go listen to um, many other episodes. I've processed that. 
somebody else would have been like, and uh, somebody with an FE in their stack probably would have been like, I'm not applying for that job. There's no way they're going to give it to me. But somebody like me that's an INTJ that I can disconnect my feelings from the fact. Forget how you feel about it. I am the best candidate for this position. I can do the job. Um, and I'm thinking, uh, that's a rational brain. That's a rational decision. That's why I applied. The question say that's why I applied. That's why I... Hmm, I guess there are a couple of reasons why I applied. That's why I was interested in the position. I wouldn't have applied because I know that I've had issues with the CEO. And I didn't have issues with him. I think he has issues with me. That's Let me say that better. But I went ahead and applied, even though I don't think didn't think he was going to give it to me, because I knew that I wanted to be able to tell the story I applied. So that sounds like a contradiction. It really isn't. I think the position would have been a good fit for me in terms of me being able to use my INTJ brain. My intuition told me that he wasn't going to give me that position. And then the political side of me said, apply anyway, so that you can have access to, you can reveal the story. You can reveal the truth. They weren't going to give it to you anyway. They weren't going to give it to you. All right. Fine. Fine, 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 fine. (laughs) So that sounds like a jumbly mess. So I, um, I honestly believe, because the position is around diversity work. I'm not your stat, your traditional diversity worker. And I think the person that's going to get it, I think the person who got the position is somebody who's done diversity work in the, in the corporate world. Or, And I think, honestly, if you want a more commercial treatment of diversity, topical treatment of diversity, I think that person probably is a better fit. I, I, I genuinely do, and I look forward to meeting her. Um, that's not the kind of work I would have done. They know it. I know it. <laughs> so you know what I mean? So I, I, I think the only, the major disappointment for me is that I don't have my administrative status. I was used as an administrator. I absorbed administrative liability for three months. I absorbed the liability of, of that. I hope this recording doesn't sound horrible because it's coming down hard. Um, um, to then be put in a position where I don't have the administrative status. And then I'm going to be advising and coaching administrators. That's tough. That's That's tough. So, however, the flip side of that, because I really do want to talk about the system. The flip side of that is, um, I don't know if the system is ever going to allow me to lead it inside of it. I shouldn't say, I should not say never. I'm just saying it's highly likely. Purely by what we understand <laughs> to be systems theory. How this, the, 
of the system. The system is never going to change itself. It's just not going to. It's going to need a critical mass to change. And if I can get into systems theory, I'll explain that. But for now, just trust me. The way systems theory works is that a system is not going to change itself. So if the system... If the system is grounded in issues of inequity no individual person is going to be able to go in there and change that what an individual person can do is can talk about the change can make people feel good about the change about doing small cosmetic elements of the change but it's not going to change so, like I said, common sense tells all of this makes sense to me. My, the biggest hurt for me is that it's, it's the administrative piece. So, I had said I had negotiated with myself that either way I'm in a good position. I think I may have told you guys that I was applying for a position. I said that either way I'm okay. I didn't know that the position that I was going to be rolling my... I didn't know that... So I, I said to you guys before, either way, I'm okay, either I'm going to get the the job promotion or I'm going to maintain m- my level as they roll me into a new position. I did not know that it came with a $12,000 increase. So I had a tw- about a $12,000 increase from the job I had last year. So in essence... I mean, it's, it's, that's what I'm saying. When I look at the sum total, it's fine. And so a, a, a guy friend of mine told me this morning, he said, you take that extra money and you do the work in the world outside of this job. And so that's the, that's the, that's on one level, that's the benefit. I have the, the increase. I have a job that's not going to take me. It's not going to take me, it's not going to keep me, um, it's not going to, um, how do I say it? It's not going to keep me after work. I'm not going to bring a lot of work home. It's not. It's going to be difficult because now it's going to be difficult because I don't think that they know what they're doing in this new division. And I think they're going to want to use me to create form for that new division. And the only way I'm going to do that is if I get to put that on my resume. So we'll see. But somebody said to me, are you, what are you going to do? I said, I'm not quitting. Basically, I just got a pay increase to go back to a situation where I can leave. I don't have to take work home with me. I don't have to take work home with me. I don't have to take stress home with me. I can get back to cooking my food because I wasn't cooking. I was so stressed leaving work. I was eating out every day for the past three months. I haven't, I can count the number of times I've exercised. You take that, those two things together. I'm not, I'm not eating healthy and I'm not exercising. So no, no, I still keep my health insurance. So these are the things I'm trying to tell myself that it's okay. But 
this is what I'm, but this is where I don't, this is what I want to tell myself. Here's the, here's the other thing that has to change. I have to open up my social media accounts. I shut all my social media accounts down for two reasons over the past year. Number one, I knew I was on a temporary contract. Now, they may give me another temporary contract, but I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm opening up my social media accounts. I'm not going another year. Social media, particularly, they, social media gives me a lot. They give me something different. My Twitter account, not the one that I have as your NI Dom, but my primary Twitter account, that gives me one thing. Uh, gives me, it allows me to be a part of an intellectual community. The only challenge I have with that is that I don't want people from my work connecting with people online. That's happened to me before. Where people who have more... This is crazy. Check this out. People... I had a supervisor once wanting to drop into my Twitter conversations and access... Access my um, Twitter community because I'm networking with people at the national level in a particular uh, at a level at a particular level doing a particular type of work so my supervisor wanted to act like she was in that community doing that kind of work when she really wasn't and so I asked her to not participate online so that's going to be the disadvantage thing with Twitter making it public and so I don't want people accessing my Twitter community in that way um but my Facebook Live, that's, I, Facebook, I like to do Facebook Lives because I get to do what I'm doing with you all, right? I do these kind of messages via Facebook Live, um, but they're less reflective and they're more informational, right? And uh, on Facebook, I also do my, uh, when there's a, when there is some type of, uh, political event happening in the world, especially at the national level, I like to narrate it. I like to facilitate discussions for it. And so, um, all of that. And then, of course, you guys know my TikTok, <laughs> doing my <laughs> goofy videos. Um, yeah, and I don't know, I don't know if I'll be able to return to my goofiness for a minute. Um, just because I'm still applying for other leadership positions. But the, the, the gist of it all is that I have found ways to have an impact in the world outside of my job for a long time. I shut that down because for a minute I wanted to believe that I could grow and do this work inside of the system. And I would be lying to you if I said I don't believe, I don't, I'm done trying. I don't know how I can be done trying. However, I don't see it. I do not see the system allowing me to go inside of it and leading it based on 
based on years of doing the work of changing the system. So my adult career, my education, my training is all about changing the system. The system isn't going to let me do that. It's just not. I don't believe it. I don't believe it, but I'd like, I think I'd like to believe that. I like to, I would love to, I would love to, I want the ease. I want, like I said, I want the benefits. The security part of me wants those benefits. Good insurance. A reliable paycheck. And having my summers off. That's what I want. Alright, the second roommate is leaving the house. (laughs) So... I might be able to go back in. I see the second one. This is a guy. He slept. He sleeps on the sofa. They're all so cute. I can't take it. Um, I didn't have that kind of college experience. I did live on the dorms for a half semester. And then I had an apartment with my boyfriend. <laughs> but... Um, but they're like in the house. This feels like the real world, right? You know, you look at these reality shows. It was like six of them. So anyway, um, yeah. And I think I, I, I think, I think that's my. You know, I want, I want the toilet paper. <laughs> I want the toilet paper. I want the toilet paper, but I don't know. I don't know. So there was a a sermon I listened to on Sunday. It's really good, y'all. And I think I'm going to put it, uh, the link of, on my um, Twitter page, on my Your N.I. Dom Twitter page. I, I, I put an article up, too. Um, early this week. Go check it out. I can't remember what the article was, but I was like, ooh, my NI Dom community would love this. And I cannot think of what the article is about, but I shared it. And I want to start sharing more of my my articles when I'm reading. And I just share them out to you all on Twitter. So do, even if you don't follow me, which I wish you, I, I wish you would follow me on Twitter, your NI Dom. One is your NI Dom one for Twitter. Um, I wish you would follow me, but even if you don't follow me, go there. Because I, I'm going to start sharing those, you know, those little things that I read or watch. I'm always telling you that. Why wouldn't I share it? I don't know. Just never thought about it. So I'm going to start doing that. Okay. So check that out. But, um, so there was a sermon I listened to on Sunday and it was called Outnumbered. Now, if you're not from a church context, you're probably going to have a hard time. Um, it's preachy. It is a preachy, it's preachy, but the, if you can get past the preachy nature of it, it's really good. And it's based on one of my, I have, I have a number of stories in the Bible that I really like. I, did I tell you guys about this already? I feel like I told you the story already. 
Well, if I did, I'm going to be on repeat. I'm going to tell you again. I don't think so. So, 12 men were sent out to survey the land for this king. If I'm not mistaken, it was a king. That's not true. How about I shouldn't tell you the story if I don't have it together? May have been Moses. Anyway, a leader <laughs> sent out 12 representatives to go survey land to see if they could inhabit the land. So 12 people, 12 different backgrounds went out to make an assessment about this land to come back to the leader to say, yes, we could inhabit that land and take it or no, we cannot. When they those 12 went out, 10 came back with a no report. Said, no, nope, we can't. They got this, they got this, they got this. We can't take it. But two of the 12 men said, we got this. We can do it. And so the sermon is really good. Like when you're outnumbered, don't be intimidated when you're outnumbered by a thing in a system because only those of us who are outnumbered in idoms intuitives right he this is what the preacher said only those of us who see things differently can do things differently that was a powerful statement only when you see things differently will you do things differently and people who see things the same, they do things the same. And so that is that's a that's an important statement. That's pretty profound for me. It's a good reminder. And I may have done a recording this week and I deleted it. But the other thing that I thought about when with this sermon is that one of my former pastors who has now passed on, the rain is back, who has now passed on, um, he did a sermon. He did a sermon on this as well, on this particular story in the Bible. And I believe he titled it Whose report will you believe? That was the title of that sermon. Based on the same story in the Bible. About sending out these 12 men to survey the land. And 10 came back and said, we can't take it. And 2 said, we can. And whereas the preacher that I listened to last weekend, he titled that story. He did a sermon and he titled it Outnumbered. My former pastor, preacher, said... Typed did a sermon entitled it, Whose Report Will You Believe? And that is so significant for me to, to, to acknowledge and also to, to, yeah, to understand that's the wrestle, wrestling. As an intuitive, I'm going to see things differently and I'm going to do things differently. 
And I have to get to a place, and this is not easy. I've said it to you all. I encourage you all to do it. But it's something that I must continue to contend with because I have not mastered this lesson. This is the truth. I know I'm an intuitive. I know that I have a a different way of seeing the world. I'm a minority in my thinking. I know this deeply. And I accept it. But I still find myself trying to blend in a sensory world. I still find myself trying to survive in a sensory world. To have security in a sensory world for the toilet paper. You guys got to go check out that episode because you're going to be like, she keeps talking about this toilet paper. Check out the episode on coercion and confessioners. I think it's not coercion, not the coercion one. Confusion and confession or confession and confusion. So I did two episodes with two C words, but this one is the latest one. Confusion and confession or something like that. I talk about the toilet paper. And I want to feel secure in the world. And I don't have enough role model. I don't have enough intuitive role models to understand how to do that. As an intuitive. And when I was younger and I was a risk taker. I number one didn't realize what I know now. I didn't know what I, I didn't know then what I know now about the world. I didn't know that I thought eventually I was going to find the right position to be to finally be like everybody else. As I was moving about in my 20s and maybe in my 30s, I'm like, all you have to do is find the right position so you can be like everybody else. And I know today at 51, there is no such position. There is no such position because I'm not like everybody else. I'm outnumbered. Okay, got it. I also am different because of the need for security. And as much as this theme has been on repeat for season four, I'm, you know, every season I'm focusing on something, right? And it all, when I take two steps back, it kind of makes sense. Because last season, I was getting my sea legs back in terms of leadership like really not not walking in leadership but I had to be reminded I had to accept that that's well that's who I am that's what season three did for me season two I was wrestling a lot with trauma now there's overlap right because at the end of season three I I felt like I passed the, the trauma test I was pretty, wasn't a perfect passing. <laughs> I didn't pass with an A. I did pass with, a, I would say, a C plus. You know what? That's not true. I think I passed with a B plus, maybe an A minus. I'm getting uh, December confused with June. But I did pass that test well around the intergenerational trauma when I spent time with my family. Now we're all going to be back in the house again. And um, 
so we'll see what this visit this trip is going to look like while we're all out of town celebrating my niece's um graduation but i believe i passed that test but i really was in the heart of that lesson in season two in season one, I think I was dealing with me. I, I can literally go back and see themes as it relates to these, this, this project. Season one, I was really coming to terms with me based on my own narrative of, of storytelling, my own storytelling, and taking the, the power to tell the story of who I am out of the hands of other people and putting that power in my own hands, I determine my story. I determine who I am. And I'm going to reconcile who I have been and why. So you, will, if you go to season one, you'll see me doing episodes like, am I, am I an eight or a five? Am I an eight or a one? Talking about the Enneagram system. You know, my battle with T, my friction with TI, right? And that the, the, the personality systems are the perfect way to take control of your self-narrative. The self-narrative. Who writes that narrative? But a lot of times we have a self-narrative that someone else wrote for us. It's not a narrative. It's a self-narrative. Because we tell the story of us, of who we are, as though we wrote it. But it really isn't the story that we wrote about ourselves. It's the story that someone else wrote for us. And that's what I did in season one. I began to take that narrative out of, of the, my self-narrative out of the hands of someone else. And I put it in my hands. That's what I did in season one. Season two, I began to wrestle with that intergenerational trauma. That's when I came to terms with that. Season three, I started dealing with the fact that no matter where I'm at in that system, I'm going to have conflict unless I'm at the executive level. This is the problem. And it really seems like season four is about the system. And I don't know for sure, but it really, it really seems like that. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to try to keep trying to do leadership inside the system for the toilet paper because you want the certainty. What are you going to do? This is what I'm asking myself. What are you going to do? And I don't have the answer. I might hit the record button next week. I might hit the record button tomorrow. Have the same damn conversation with myself. Because sometimes we're so entrenched in a lie. We're so entrenched within a, a bastardized version of ourselves. Or a bastardized view of the world. Or what the possibilities are. That we're held hostage to it. We're crippled by it. And I know I'm in that space. I know that I'm there. I know that. I know that. But I'm going to keep wrestling. And I'm going to keep wrestling. And I'm going to do it out loud so you guys can hear it. Because this is an accountability conversation for me. See, I can hit the record button in my private journal. No one hears that. I can write in my private journal. No one reads that. But doing this journal publicly, people hear it. There's an accountability piece. And I'm like, yo, you're gonna keep, yo, you're gonna keep saying that to these people. When are you gonna get it together? When are you gonna get it together? This is the conversation I have with myself. So only because of it being public. 
So let me close with systems theory. Um, let me try to spend the um, last few minutes talking about systems theory and seeing if there's a natural connection to anything I've said in this conversation so far in talking about trying to rank up in this system, trying to change in the system, Really, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm going to have to get... (laughs) I don't want to get to... I do not want to go back to a life where I can only afford a package of four toilet papers or rolls of toilet paper at a time. That's what I don't want to do. That's what I'm trying to avoid. So, systems theory. Systems theory says there are five parts. There's, uh, You know a system exists... Because there are five traits of a system. And that system can be living or non-living. Which is fascinating. And I can't think of a non-living system right now. Well, I can say a school is a non-living system. But it's made up of people. Um, An organization is a non-living system. But the circulatory system. Or the human body is a system. Those are two. That's what a living system or a plant is a system. I've been doing. I, 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 there was a YouTube video about the intelligent life, the, the intelligence of plants, even though they don't have a brain. Like, do you need a brain to be intelligent? It was a really, really, really good piece. Maybe I'll share that. That's a good piece right there. Yeah, that's a good one. So. In order for a system to be considered a system, there are five traits. I don't, I'm going to see if I can remember them, okay? I don't know if I'm going to be able to remember them. Uh, hopefully, I can give you three, three, maybe four, and then I'll have to give you the rest later. Number one, there are boundaries. All systems have a boundary that deter- that separates the outer system from the inner system. I know that sounds basic, right? There, but hold, hold that. I'm gonna go over an hour, you guys. But hold that. There are boundaries that delineate outside system, inside system. All right, I'm gonna move on. Every system has an outer environment. There's an environment that exists outside of the system. Number three. There's an inner environment. All separated by those boundaries. So that's three. Three elements of a system. An outer environment, an inner environment, and a boundary that separates the two. Okay, those are your three. Let me see. If, let me see. The fourth one is really... Uh, there. The the. I remember this. The fourth and the fifth trait are actually connected. And I think the word is entropy. Entropy, but I'm not 100% sure. I need to look that up. But homeostasis, we'll say, I know that one. And I love that word. Homeos, okay, okay, I got it. Forget, so maybe there's six systems. 
six traits because I think entropy is one I need to talk myself through this okay a couple of things are hitting me so I'm going to have to do some show notes and, and correct myself uh, I'm freestyling it y'all I'm freestyling so just bear with me I don't have TI in my stack you TI users are probably rolling your eyes at me right now but I'm a TE user not a TI I don't recall facts and information all willy nilly I do not have notes <laughs> um, homeostasis says that when a system, a system is going to maintain itself, it's going to function to maintain itself. So when something new comes into that system, good night, good night, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry because the writing is right here on the wall. This, it's all here, right here. When something new comes into the system, the system is going to do what it has to do to maintain itself. So whether it ejects that new that foreign object, whether it ejects it, or it brings that foreign object into submission, but something is popping up in my head. I don't know if this is. I'm not going to say this is spirit but something just popped up because I'm thinking about cancer now of course my dad died of cancer my grandfather died of cancer and my grandmother so I'm, I'm sorry to sound morbid but cancer we, cancer can come in that system and take over but that's those are rare times right but the body really oh I'm going to have to work with this idea of cancer. But nonetheless, the, the system says homeostasis. And I don't think it means that the system will never change. I don't think that it's saying the system will never change. I think homeostasis is the act. There it is. It is the act of maintaining itself. It's a war, y'all. It's a war. The, the foreign object comes into the system. The newcomer comes into the system. That system will begin to take action. To get it out or bring it under submission. Hot diggity dog. That's important. That's important. Oh, that's so good. And then there's another piece of this of systems theory that says, um, that says um, chaos. That there's an element of chaos in every system. So I think what what I've done is, I think it's five. I think I've maybe misrepresented one of them. So I don't know if it's the the inner and the outer world. And so maybe the inner and outer environment is one trait together. So one trait is the inner and outer environment. The second trait would be boundaries. The third trait would be... Oh, crap. I just forgot it. I'm still coming up with five, so I don't know if I just forgot one. I feel like I had moved it into six. I can't remember. Anyway, let me just tell you what I'm remembering right now. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, you guys. I'll put it in the show notes. I will do that for you. Inner, outer, boundaries, homeostasis, and this element of chaos. 
feel like there's one I'm missing now. Anyway, um, and so when I think about that theory and I think about me trying to do work in an environment, even if that environment, even if that organization espouses that it wants to do change work, it espouses that it wants to do equity work. It espouses that it wants to do social justice work. Even when it espouses itself, it does not mean it wants to change. A system is conservative. It's conservative. It's not liberal. It's not radical. It's conservative because it needs to maintain itself in order to survive. So even if it's saying it's going to change, it's going to change maybe on an ele- a surface part but it's not truly going to change without there being a critical mass and I guess if we take that back to cancer that's what happens the cancer takes over the body the cancer takes over the body and becomes critical mass so it's not to say a system won't change, but it's gonna not going to change by an individual. And I'm not invested enough to go into these organizations to change it because my this is okay. This is it, and I'm going to close here because this is it for me. I needed to say this because I've been saying this in a variation over the past few weeks. I'm saying I'm not here to fight this battle for this organization. I'm not invested in this organization enough to want to fight it. I really am not. But I am invested in liberatory work when it relates to instruction and children at the macro level. Across multiple organizations. Across multiple districts. Across multiple states. There's something that must happen happen at the instructional level so that students can be liberated and achieve and and be the best possible version of themselves. And I think I haven't really accepted that because I feel like I've already demonstrated, this is what it is, I feel like I've already demonstrated what that needs to, what it, it uh, this is a good reflection for me, you guys. I feel so much better. I, I, I have really talked myself into something that I need to chew on as I move about and spend time with my family today. Because while I know that that's my, I do really believe that's the work that I have, that is what I want to be most remembered by. I got to think about that. What do I want to be most remembered by? This thing, this instructional, instructional modality so that students at the margins can experience true academic achievement, personal achievement, and spiritual achievement. That is a big deal for me. But on one, but if I'm honest, I already believe I've shown that. I believe I've already shown it. I've shown it and I've written about it and I've written about it and I got another book about it. So I can, I think that's the story. I, 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 I showed it. 
Can I say that? I show. I showed it. I show it was shown. It was shown. I showed it. Anyway. <laughs> I presented it. <laughs> and now I'm writing about it. Do I need to present it again? Do I? I don't know, but I want to continue to write about it and message about it. But at but I, so that is true. That is what I wanted. That is what I want to be remembered by. But there's this other thing that is coming to the surface for me, and that is about the human experience. What does it mean to be human? What does it mean to operate at your maximum potential? That's still education. It's still about my a learner. It's just not a. It's an. It's not just about a. A minor is an adult learner. And what would happen if we could get adults to be liberated, to for them to learn, for them to operate at their maximum level, their maximum ability? Because if we could get adults to operate at that level, then we could get children to operate at that level. It's about human liberation, functioning at your full potential. That is what I want to be most remembered by. I spent the first half of my career dealing with the child end of it, the minor end of it, through the instructional lane. And I'm interested at this point for adults. That's what I want. I want us all to be liberated. I want us all to be at our maximum potential. And anything that gets in the way, any barrier... That's the work we got to contend with. I don't care if that system in that job. Here's why. This is another reason why that system is not going to change. You've got. That's a multi-million dollar industry. Where people are invested. Layers and layers and layers of investments. For people. To maintain themselves. Based on that system, there's no way in hell they're going to let somebody come in there and change it because you're going to be messing with industry. That's what Dr. Martin Luther King said. You're going to be messing with titans of industry, all baked in, all locked into that system. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But I want my roll of toilet paper. I mean, I want my... my, uh, bundle of toilet paper that's what I want and so I'm going to keep talking about it I'm going to keep talking about how to so in one day I pray that the answer will reveal itself how I continue to do liberatory work empowerment and still have my bundle of toilet paper I don't have the answer I don't have the strategy And I think the fear that I talked about before, it's not fear of failing, but it is a fear of not being able to survive. And I think that's fear. But that system is only going to let me do so much because the system is not going to change. And I'm a change agent. Period. One of the girls said to me earlier this week, period. (laughs) that means that's it there's nothing else to say it is final it is done period so so uh, you guys I thank you for listening to me through this rain 
Now, it would have, would, would have been awesome is me getting to the end of this reflection. The rain stops. The sky clears. The sun comes out. I'm like, ah. <laughs> so anyway, I know better. Whose report are you going to believe? You got to stop listening to the I've got to, not you. I've got to stop listening to the report of censors. I got to stop listening to the report of censors. I got to stop this whole idea that the sensory world is going to give me my my safety because they're in control. They created the social world. I got to believe. I got to have faith. I was walking out of my house. Uh, today is Friday. I was walking out of my house on Friday, getting ready to go to work. And I heard this in the spirit. Faith is a choice. It is not a belief. Faith is a choice. It is not a belief. You got to. It's a belief that you have to choose to believe. I got to choose to believe that there's an answer out there. I've got to choose to believe that when my intuition tells me something from a minority point of view, being too, giving me a report that's different from the other 10, I got to believe it. I got to believe it. I got to choose to believe it. But I will tell you, being a rational thinker, my TE and my NI sometimes go to go to war, and I know Myers Briggs doesn't. They don't talk about those front two, uh, top two functions having conflict with each other, but I think sometimes they do, because that introverted intuition is irrational, and the extroverted thinking is completely rational based on the outside world, and so sometimes they're in opposition. So. You guys, it's been a pleasure. Oh, my gosh. You guys, if this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. If this conversation about systems change, what do you do in the system? You know, it's it's all, you know, I'm laughing because it's all so ridiculous right now. It's this, it's, it's absurd that I would have to put myself through this. This is, it's just, it's immature, really. It's a level of immaturity in me because I know systems theory. And I want to believe, you know, I wanted, I wanted to believe that the system was going to let me get my rank up in it and then also change it. That's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous consideration. The system is going to let, let me change it and all and 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 let me rank up in the hierarchy that's just ridiculous it's ridiculous that i'm i can't even and i want to say that this is my lesson i don't want to do this again now does it mean i won't go for other positions no but i have to do a better job so there is another position uh this is a principal's position i really didn't want to do principal work didn't want to um, but, but there's a superintendent in another city who wants to do anti-racism work. Like that's explicit. When you're doing anti-racism work, that's a particular type of action you take. Now, is he espousing it? We don't know what that system is, but I, I, I'm going to go take a look at it. I didn't really want to move. I didn't want to move. <sighs> But I'm too young. I'm too young to. I'm too young and I'm too trained 
to give up. I'm too, I'm just too invested in my knowledge to give up. I want my toilet paper and I want to do the change work, but I can't do it on my own. This is what it is. I've got to find a system that, where there's a critical mass. Either I'm going to find a system where there's a critical mass to do the change work or I'm going to get shut the hell up and go build another system. And I don't, I just don't, I just don't see me doing that right now. I'm going to be honest. I don't see me doing that exclusively. I see me having, I see me having other organizations that I give birth to, but not, not, those organizations won't give me my toilet paper. (laughs) I'm just going to name this the toilet paper episode. (laughs) But if this whole conversation about systems theory, working in the system, working outside of the system, changing in the system, changing the system, ranking up in the system, contending with the system. If any of this conversation connects with conversations you've had in the world, please take this link and share it with those participants. If my moving about in this reflection with all the rain and the noise, if it has caused some randomness in you, I'd love to hear that. You can find me on my website at yourandidom.wordpress.com. You can also find me on Twitter at yourandidom1 or Facebook and YouTube at yourandidom. Let me give you your assignment. I, um... I I do feel like some of these assignments that I give you are on repeat, even though I think they become more nuanced and, you know, uh, complicate, honest, they become more honest in in the complication of the thing that we wrestle with. So we wrestle with things um, and we might try to solve it, but if we're honest, whatever we wrestle with has a level of complexity to it. And I don't think that I don't think a single uh, question will get to the complexity of our growth. I really don't. So just so you know, um, I'm aware that these questions can be on repeat, but I, I trust that they become more nuanced and they reveal the complexity of of what it means to be committed to growth and impact. So the question I'm going to ask you today, again, you've had a, it's been, you've had this already in some uh, iteration is what is the thing, what is the lesson that you have to keep that's on repeat? I feel like I just asked you this. What is the lesson that in your life that's on repeat? And if it's on repeat as the lesson I'm dealing with, right, I keep, let, I keep having to contend with it. And that means there's something still in it that we haven't figured out. Then we've not learned it. So the theme of the lesson can surface again. The theme of the lesson comes up. But we haven't learned, we haven't mastered it because we're still learning it. What is your, what lesson is on repeat for you? And then I'm thinking, what if you don't have a lesson in your life that's on repeat? I feel bad for you. I felt bad for you because that means you're, are you not does that mean you're not doing any real substantive growth meaningful growth I don't know I kind of think I kind of would wonder that but that's your story to tell you, that's for you to figure out but I will say this what lesson is on repeat for you and if it's a lesson that we've processed through this project before, or even if we haven't, what can you 
reveal about that lesson today that you didn't understand the last time you considered the lesson. The last time this thing that you, whatever it is in your life that you're processing and you're trying to work through, the last time you dealt with it, what do you understand about it today that you didn't understand when you were processing it before? Well, part of my thing, I think when I've been on this journey, I think one one of the things I had to do is I had to accept that I'm an, a, 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 not just a leader, an executive leader. I have, a, I have an executive leader ship orientation that was one thing I had to learn then I had to realize if there's a fear there's something fear holding I'm wrestling with fear and I don't consider myself a fearful person I'm definitely not afraid of failing so then what is this fear thing that was the second time I when I, I that was the second thing that came out of this lesson for me that's been on repeat I think the third thing was this toilet paper situation, like security. I want to be secure. I want to be safe in the world. And I think, to, and, and I think today, I don't even know really what, I don't think I'm going to fully know what today's takeaway is going to be until I'm done with this recording and I go back and listen to it. But two things are coming up for me. And I want to tell you, it did stop raining and the sun is coming out. So I don't know if this means something, but it stopped raining. I'll tell you right now, the sun is coming out. This is kind of weird. Um, but the two things I'm questioning would be maybe I don't fully know what I'm supposed to, you know, you, you, you could talk about what you sh- you're not supposed to do only when you don't know fully what you are supposed to do. And I've always thought I knew and maybe I just still don't fully know. But I think today's conversation where I talked about the liberation of, of, of adults for kids, I've never said it like that. So that was a, an important breakthrough today for myself. And then I think the second thing is, I don't know. I've been paused for a minute. I don't know if, um, you know, I think it has something to do with this sensory piece of trying to, you blend in, you, as an intuitive, I've, you know, I've been governed, I'm governed by the sensory world, by sensors. You know, sensors have power. I was raised by sensors, you know, ideas about how to live and how to, you know, survive and retire. All of that, you know, I feel like is pretty much driven by sensors that um, I think that's something I have to contend with a little bit. I don't know what the lesson is in that, but I think it's located somewhere there. Um, it probably means I need to go get a mentor and intuitive. I need a coach. Maybe, maybe I should go get me a, a coach. That's an intuitive who gets it. Um, maybe I'll do that. Um, yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's what I need to do because I don't have the answer, but I do think that I do think I'm not done with the lesson. I'm still, I'm still wrestling here, but I know, you know, I mean, it's good to know that I don't, was important. I want to have my toilet paper, you know. I want to be secure in the world. And, uh, but I definitely know that it's not ranking up in a, can't rank up in a system that you want to change because ranking up means you got to ranking up in the structures. Then if you changed it, you would be changing the structures and there would be no ranking up. I mean, it just doesn't even make any sense now that I think about it. But, um, so I would tell you to do that wrestle wrestle through this assignment the way you hear me wrestling through it. Okay, what what why do you why is that lesson on repeat? 
What do you still need to learn? What do you still need to learn? You guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't I don't know. But it has been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you until I come back. Be well. Bye.